0: Welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. We're back again uh, with another new show. And before we get started, I want to wish uh, both Tectic and Nerd Bomber a Happy Buttermilk Biscuit Day.
1: What is Buttermilk Biscuit Day?
0: Sorry. That's a real holiday. So, in preparation for the podcast tonight, I was looking up, and I'll, for reasons I'll explain later, I was looking up like, what is like today? Like, you know how every day is like it's National Blank Day. I was like, I want to, I want a theme. So, like, what's today? And it's National Buttermilk Biscuit Day. Mm-hmm. I do not know why, um, but I mean, I don't think I, I don't think we need a reason. So did you get a buttermilk biscuit today? I did not personally, but I mean, somewhere like probably had like free biscuits. Like, you, maybe you could have gone to Red Lobster and gotten free biscuits, mm-hmm. which would be a huge win.
1: I don't know if those are buttermilk biscuits. So those are like the cheesy, like cheddar bacon. Yeah, the cheddar yeah. bacon ones.
0: The yeah, like if you are talking buttermilk, you are probably talking like KFC. You know, or like Popeyes or something. I just love a biscuit. Uh, Hello to all the biscuit lovers out there and all the non-biscuit lovers. To the non-biscuit lovers, sorry that we've already offended you by talking about biscuits. Uh, I'm Illegal86 and I am joined by the lovely Nerd Bomber.
1: Happy Biscuit Day.
0: Happy Biscuit Day. And uh, the also lovely Tactic One. Hello. Not going to say anything about biscuits? No, that's just hello. Is are you anti biscuit? I'm not. I'm not a big biscuit person. I'm gonna be honest. Oh, he's anti biscuit. See, I like uh,
1: you know when you go to stay at a hotel, and I I don't make this myself, so I'm not really sure what it's called. But it's like that weird, like really gray gravy with sausage in it.
0: Yeah.
1: I love pouring that over a biscuit. That's the only time I actually eat biscuits.
2: See, I I I see the same thing and go, that's weird, really gray gravy, and generally.
1: It is like very very gray. I wonder what makes it that gray. I know this the is sausage. like a, this is a weird tangent to go on, but like it's kind of discon- disconcerting. I don't know. I don't know. Too gray. Too
0: gray. Oh, you know what? I just realized something. Uh, we we thought we were recording our our weekly biscuit podcast, but this is the other one. This is the online warriors one. The one that's supposed to be about like news and tech and stuff. Oh, so I'm we should sorry probably, guys. Yeah, we should go back to that yeah. one, and uh, we'll leave the biscuit discussion for I, I, I was I was trying to think of like a clever name for a biscuit podcast. Just like like butter me up and call me a biscuit or something.
1: Limp I, biscuit.
0: Limp biscuit. That's pretty good too. It would be some sort of biscuit related pun, that is for sure. Um, but let's not talk about biscuits anymore, at least for now, and let's talk about the round table roundup. Let's all all ye knights gather around the round table. And um Let's talk about Disney because Disney just owns everything. I mean, what does Disney not own at this point? What the they world. do own is, is Hulu. Uh, they have officially bought all of Hulu. So previously they had owned some part of Hulu. I don't know how much exactly. Um, oh, okay. No, it says right here. AT&T <laughs> sold its almost 10% stake uh, in Hulu to Disney last month. But now Disney is buying a much more significant share from Comcast. Uh, for 5.8 billion um but disney is now assuming full operational control of hulu um and that it kind of means that disney's likely to bundle hulu with disney plus and all that stuff um you know as disney plus becomes available later this year um so yeah disney owns everything um If you want entertainment, you have to crawl to Bob Iger and just beg for him to give you a new show or a movie.
2: I'm kind of concerned about this for two reasons. One, we have Hulu, and I really don't want them to change the rates for the worse. If they bundle it and make us have better discounts, great. But I hope at the very least we get grandfathered in. And then the other concern is that with all these Marvel shows coming off on the streaming services, I feel like they're just setting themselves up to just absolutely milk it dry, and it's really, really upsetting, in my opinion. See, milk Marvel dry, you mean? Yeah.
1: They already kind of gotcha. had a plan to do that, because they had already established a good lineup of Marvel shows for Disney+. Plus. I think the interesting thing that this does is that it kind of gives them an adult audience, Um, Like Disney Plus, I feel like they're gearing more towards kids and family viewers, and Hulu, I think, might open them up to experiment a little more for the adult audience. But at the same time, like, it's great that they're going to bundle it, but I already, until they introduced Disney Plus, had access to Disney and Marvel movies on Netflix, on Hulu, on Amazon Prime. And now I feel like they're just going to piggyback, or not piggyback, but kind of like steal all of the good shows and... Now like Hulu will be inexpendable.
0: Yeah, I am not excited for Disney Plus. Um, I'm also a Hulu, I shouldn't say I'm a Hulu owner because I'm one of those people who like, you know how like when you have like Hulu or Netflix and then someone's like, hey man, could I have your password? I'm one of those guys. I have my brother and sister-in-law's password. So I'm just leeching it off of them. But then I have CBSL access, and I gave them my password for that. So it's like this great like streaming share system. But anyways,
1: I feel like that's how it always goes because like my parents, they have Amazon Prime, so I get Prime from them. I actually we pay for Hulu and then we split Netflix with other people. I feel like that's how they almost intended it to be at this point because they even all of these services have different accounts too. so I feel like they know that yeah. we're doing this they haven't done
0: anything to like curtail that but like at the same time i don't understand how they're making money i mean i guess i've never understood that part but like well
2: because they, they cut it off if too many screens are looking at one, on one account
0: yeah you ever you, have you ever experienced that by the way i've only ever experienced that on netflix i don't know what the rules are on hulu but they're like just like the primal outrage that you experience when like you go to watch like a show and someone's like it's like, there are already like four people watching something on this account. You're like, this is outrageous. I,
1: oh, yeah. th- that happened to us. I don't remember what we were watching, and, but we were like really getting into the groove and we stepped away to have, make like popcorn or something. And we came back and someone was watching like some just like really terrible TV show. And I was like, what is this outrage? We wanted to watch quality television and you're watching this crap.
2: Every time it went from zero to a hundred real fast. And I think it was always like a show that's been out for 80 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just the definition of first world problems. But like, I also wonder with the whole, like, cause it doesn't it tell you what they're watching too. It yeah, does. Because, yeah. So like, what if like, what if like, like Timmy, this like, you know, seven year old kid wants to watch SpongeBob or something and he clicks the Netflix and says, go. And then it's like, Oh, you can't watch because Dad's watching, like, you know, insert porn title here. Does Netflix have porn?
1: Netflix? I don't think they have porn. I mean, they have some, like, mature content, but I don't think they have outright porn.
2: You heard it here first, Netflix. You can have porn. I don't...
1: I feel like that would be a really sketchy line because I don't know. Even if you put, like, parental pin code on it... Like think about when you're scrolling through the list of stuff to watch. There's always like that giant image that comes up on your screen as you're scrolling, and like that could get messy.
2: Yeah, no one pays for like porn anymore these days.
0: When it like starts playing it too, if you like hover on something. So like imagine that you're like, oh, this looks like an interesting show, and then it just like shows like the porn part.
2: Like a like a fistful of mayonnaise. That's all you hear.
0: But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Disney and Hulu, <laughs> or at least we were. Um, so essentially, uh. They have this deal, Disney and Comcast, where um, Comcast can like pull any ex- any of its exclusive content um, from Hulu because as Comcast is NBC and NBC has a bunch of shows like Brooklyn Nine Nine. So if they pull Brooklyn Nine Nine from Hulu, I'm screwed because I love that show. Um, and apparently next year NBC is planning to launch oh launch a new free streaming service. So maybe I'm not super screwed. But that's just going to be another thing I have to get and have.
1: Exactly and. This is going to sound weird, but then what is Hulu? Because Hulu really started its life as this thing, like, an alternative to Netflix, where Netflix, you had to wait for an entire season to release, and then you would watch it. And Hulu is more like, as episodes came out, you'd be able to watch it the next day. So if all of these, like, primetime TV shows, because NBC is one of the, what, like, three or four major networks now, Um, but if they pull out of the service, um, like, what, what does Hulu become, really?
0: Yeah, I mean, I like my Hulu watching experience. So first of all, I'm a, if I if I'm like, have I to pick one streaming service to have? It is definitely not going to be Hulu. It's going to be Netflix. I just have more fuzzy feelings toward Netflix. But like Hulu, yeah, it fills that void of like, and like you said, its market share is very much like people who want to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine week by week, where it's similar to if you had cable, but you have to wait like a day or whatever. Um, so it's not like appointment television, but it's like, you can watch it as it comes out rather than waiting for a whole season.
2: Our big thing is that it seems to me that Netflix always has the hour to 40 minute shows, whereas Hulu has the 20 to 30 minute shows. So we pick the streaming service based on how much time we have to sit on the couch at
0: that time. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'll be One interested.
1: The, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But do do we know, have we seen anywhere, like, what's going to happen to all of the original Hulu content? Like, stuff like The Handmaid's Tale. Like, who owns that? Does Comcast own that? Does Hulu own that? Like, how does that get impacted by the Disney that's a, acquisition?
0: That's a really, really good question that I do not currently know the answer to. I would guess that it's, like, because Netflix, and granted, they're not owned by anybody, so it's kind of a different thing. But, like, Netflix has, like, it's just called, like, Netflix Studios or something. So, like, I feel like Hulu might have the same sort of thing. Maybe just with, like, financial backing from NBC, but they're, like, the IP is probably theirs, I would I mean, I'll look up Handmaid's Tale, like, as a as a proxy you know, for how they handle the originals.
2: That just doesn't sound right in my head. Disney's The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, that's because it's, it's
0: not right. It's horrible.
1: Disney owns what? Do they own ABC? I think, they do
0: own ABC and ESPN yeah they own
1: a ton of networks and you wouldn't necessarily associate the content on those networks with Disney at this point Disney is more of this giant almost Tomorrow. like an entertainment monopoly it's kind yeah, of but, crazy how much they really own
0: I mean like at the same time like when I think of ABC I think of like family oriented content like in terms of like the networks I feel like it's the most like it's cool bring your kid kind of network don't
1: they have The Bachelor though? Isn't that
0: them? You can bring your kid to the bachelor. What's I mean? What's the big deal? There's no like I don't. I've never watched the bachelor, so I probably shouldn't. I don't really know. Um, the Handmaid's Tale is. It just says Hulu Network, so yeah, it must just be a Hulu produced show. So I think it's safe, which is good because I watched uh, I watched Castle Rock, which is a Hulu original, and I really enjoy it.
1: Actually, I feel like Hulu puts out some really decent original content. And well, I know, they don't get but, recognized for. It. I mean, Handmaid's Tale won a ton of awards, but there are a lot of original series on Hulu that they just don't get recognized for, and that are really good.
0: The the two that I've heard about um, recently are Killing Eve is one that I think I think that won a couple of awards, like in the circuit, mm-hmm. and then uh, the show called Pen Fifteen, which is the greatest name for a show.
2: But not a. That's a weird show, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Have you watched
2: it? Yeah, I, I, I can't get beyond the fact that they're full-grown adults pretending to be kids. I mean, they, they are kids in the show, but you know what I mean?
0: Well, that's, like, every... I mean, like, Tobey Maguire, when he was, like, Spider-Man in high school, he was, like, 30. That's just, like, how cinema works.
1: Yeah, but, like, it they're trying to be, like, sixth graders or something like that. I don't know. Okay, it, It's a little awkward.
2: it'd be And if they had other 30-year-old actors playing as it, it would kind of assimilate better. But the fact that... Which,
0: yeah,
1: right. They're surrounded by kids, so it doesn't quite feel the same.
0: It's a good point. Like in Spider-Man, when Tobey Maguire was 30, you were like, he's 30, and then Flash Thompson shows up, and he's like 35, and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't really know... You know, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, I like I still have my doubts about Disney+, Plus and like, like, let me just ask you this. Are you guys... Planning on getting Disney Plus. It comes out in November. If that has any bearing.
1: I I thought about it, but here's the thing. So when I really want to watch a Disney movie, I am in a certain. You want to watch it on VHS. No, I'm just in a certain mood. Like for for example, the past like week or two, I've been really digging the Disney soundtracks, and really wanted to watch Disney movies. But I'm not in that mood all the time. So for me to subscribe to a service to watch those movies all the time kind of feels like a waste. So it would be one of those things where I sign up for a month because I really want to like binge a bunch of Disney movies.
0: I was listening to the Tarzan soundtrack today at
1: work. So good. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Oh,
0: he's amazing. Brother Shout Bear. Out
1: to Phil Brother Bear, he also um pretty much Produced the entire soundtrack for Brother Bear, which is a very underrated Disney movie. I don't know why everyone forgets about that one, but it was super good.
0: I never saw Brother Bear, probably because I heard from somebody that it wasn't good.
1: It was so good.
0: Well, but you just said it was underrated, so apparently you're like one of the only people who thinks that.
1: Well, no, but it just like it flew under the radar because I think it was one of the it's it's like the two D animation at a time when um, Pixar was becoming really big. So I think mm. it kind of got lost in the 3D animation trend because it wasn't 3D animation.
0: I, like, for, for me, when I think about Disney+, Plus, like, I am not, look, the child in me is dead. Okay, it's over. I am not thinking about, like, I want to watch Cinderella. Or, like, yeah I, I'm not thinking about going back to the golden age. Like, I probably will be when I have kids. But, like, right now, I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm thinking about the Marvel <laughs> originals. I'm thinking about the Mandalorian. I'm thinking about stuff like that, which right now I have my doubts, like I will say right now, I do not plan on getting Disney Plus when it comes out because in as much as they've thrown resources in the direction of the Mandalorian, it's like supposed to be one of the most expensive TV premieres ever. I just, I have my doubts of, about their ability to like sell that in a convincing way that I will continue to show up and watch it on a platform that is like designed to be family oriented. I don't have a family. I want to see some people get, like, shot and stuff. You're so not going to see that on Disney.
1: You're never in the mood to just go back and watch, like, The Lion King 2?
0: Um, well, first of all, I've, The Lion King 2 is another one that I have not seen. Are
1: you serious? What is wrong Newer with you? Me?
0: I Look, I grew up fast, you know?
2: Deception.
0: By like, the second grade, I, was, I wasn't watching Disney movies anymore. I was just, like, reading dictionaries and, like, learning words, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like, if I was to go back, if I was to think about like going back and watching the Disney movie, I mean, first of all, it would definitely be a Pixar movie because those have like rewatch value. They all I mean, are, have
1: rewatch value.
0: I suppose Pixar should. I should include that in like because those will be on Disney Plus too, and like that's a that's a decent draw because those movies are phenomenal. But like, I don't know. Like, like even the Lion King, and oh Like, I'm thinking now about the remakes that. No one asked for that they're making, and that upsets me too, which is a whole different conversation. But like, I just don't feel this innate desire to go back and watch any of those.
1: Well, you're just a heathen, I don't Mm -hmm. know what to tell you. Like, I I would say that I watch The Lion King at least once a year, and that's The Lion King is up there, that's one of my favorite movies. Um, but at least once a year, if not more, you know, when it really Uh gets me like. If if I've had a couple glasses of wine or something, and mm. all of a sudden I'm just like, I am in the mood to watch The Lion King. Like this is this is what's happening.
0: That's your like that's your buzz like thing of choice.
1: Animated Disney movies, absolutely.
0: Oh yeah, man, I respect it. Here here's a deep cut for you because I'm I'm now like accessing my archives of like Disney like Disney movies from that era that I really enjoyed. Did you ever see The Great Mouse Detective? Mm,
1: that one I don't think I ever saw.
0: It's a deep cut, but it's, oh man, it's amazing. It's like if Sherlock Holmes was a mouse, basically. Anyways, D- Disney owns Hulu. Uh, Next stop, the world. Yeah, it's unclear what will happen to Hulu, but what's clear and what has been clear for many, many years now is that Disney controls everything and they have a lot of money. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about Missouri. We don't talk enough about Missouri on this podcast. Shout out to the Mi- Missouri. Is it Missourians? Missouri. Mizzou. Missourians.
1: No, what's there's a a basketball team, right? Are they like Mizzou?
0: It, it, I think Mizzou is a, is a school.
1: Oh,
0: well, I think it's shout out. I thought it was. It, is it? Shout a- out to the the denizens of Missouri, um, because we're gonna talk about your senator, and his name I have up in another tab. <laughs> I can't quite remember it. Um but your senator, one of your senators uh, is essentially trying to ban games that feature mic- microtransactions. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, is introducing legislation that seeks to ban ex- exploit- exploitative? exploitative game, video games, or, vi- or rather video game industry practices that target children like loot boxes and pay to win and microtransactions and all that stuff. Um, I will say first that I think this is a great idea. Um, but it's apparently very divisive, as are all things in politics. Well, I know
1: um, I know there yeah. are a few countries in Europe, um, and I want to say it was like the UK, Ireland, et cetera, et cetera. There's more countries than that. But I'm pretty sure they went through something similar, and their governments declared that loot boxes and stuff like that were not considered actual gambling. So I'm wondering how cuz I know I know the crux of the argument that these things should be banned for children is that it's basically introducing them to gambling when they're really young and kind of fostering that whole like oh I need to feed money and see what I'm going to get.
2: It's addiction. So yes. yeah. So I don't think that you you should classify that as gambling because then there goes Pokémon cards. There goes all of your baseball cards. The people that are banning it probably grew up with baseball cards or probably even Pokémon cards too. It's been around for so long now. But the uh, microtransactions, I 100% agree that needs to go.
1: But, I mean, is that something that should be government regulated? I think th- this is a really sticky situation, and I've kind of thought a lot about this since we like we have a, a group chat where we discuss what we're going to talk about for the week. And so I was really thinking about this, and, yeah, okay, it's bad, but to your point, like trading cards, there's so many things in life that we gamble on that aren't really considered gambling. And is it really in the realm of the government, and I guess this is getting kind of political, to ban that in video games? I feel like that's more something that should come from the consumers. like, And if it really comes down to, I think, the main issue that they're worried about too is kids getting a hold of credit cards and just racking up bills. I remember reading some story where some kid ended up spending like $50,000 or something absurd on Fortnite loot boxes or something a few years ago and then his parents had to do a charge back and it became this whole big ordeal because then they had to yeah. prove that like they didn't actually spend that but then you should be monitoring what your kids are doing like don't give them free access to the credit card like lock the account down it's not that hard to do
0: well, i think the first of all i think the football and baseball card comparison that you made technic is, is pretty astute Like. There are a lot of ways you can gamble that don't involve, like, going to a casino and, like, pulling a slot on a slot machine. Like, I am a sucker. I will admit it openly on the air. This is – assuming this is a safe space. uh, I go to the grocery store and buy my groceries, and then I'm like, man, that was a lot of money. You know what I I should do now is spend $5 on scratchy lottery tickets and just waste – it's just wasted money.
1: Well, that's, like, actual gambling, though.
0: That's actual gambling. Yeah, like, I'm admitting – it's not, I wouldn't say I have a problem. It's like, it's not even every grocery trip. It's like once in like four grocery trips.
2: And any kid could buy a scratch off.
0: Well, right. And that, and the, I think you, you touched on something important, which is that, like, let's say, and I'm thinking back to like my glory days of the 90s because like I collected football cards and like even basketball cards to an extent. And like the way that transaction would work is I would go to the store and be like, you know, looking at kid stuff while my parents shopped for like adult stuff, I assume. You know, like they shopped for like, I don't know, what do adults shop for? But like, i would be looking at the cards and then at the end, my dad would be like, all right, come on, we're leaving. And I'd be like, dad, can I get a pack of like football cards? And he would not want to listen to me complain about not getting the football cards. So he would give me the football cards because he was a great dad. And I had a great mom, shout out to my parents. But like now it's, it's this sort of thing where, kids can ask for your credit card once in a video game setup and then the game can keep asking again do you want to buy this thing do you want to buy this thing and i assume the way a lot of these work is they already have your credit card information so the kid only has to ask once and then it can just be you can just line them up and keep buying stuff and like battlefront 2 is another one where they were like remember they were talking about like darth vader you have to you can spend like $2,000 to get them or something. And a bunch of kids probably saw that and were like, all right, I know what I have to do, spend $2,000.
1: But see, then again, it comes down to parental control because I know, I, at least on Xbox, and I want to say on PlayStation, you can set up a child's account so that they can't spend your money and they can't buy anything on the online store without you putting in a PIN number. And again, it just comes down to monitoring what your kids are doing. The, the one part of this bill that I, I do kind of agree with um so the loot boxes are one thing, but they are also trying to to regulate how games are allowed to manipulate um, success rates based on how much money you spent. So basically, like pay to win, and I, I do think that's a really important thing because it's kind of absurd if you've bought a game for sixty dollars that. It can still be skewed against you unless you're spending more money. I think that is something that is like inherently wrong. If you buy a game for sixty dollars, anything beyond that should be totally cosmetic. Like it should, you should not be able to buy statistically superior items that can give you an advantage. Like what you get in the full game should be everything you need to succeed.
2: Agreed.
0: Well, and, and like another another aspect of it is another thing that's in the bill is that. Um, it would also require publishers to A, clearly label the games that have loot boxes that say these have loot boxes. Cause that's another aspect of this is, let's say you are a parent that is watching your kid like a hawk and you don't want your kid involved with microtransaction games. You're at the store and the kid's saying, can I get this game? And if it doesn't say on the box anywhere, this is littered with microtransactions. The parent might say, sure, what's worse that could happen? So that's one thing. And the other thing is, um, It's also requiring publishers to disclose the odds of winning certain items, which I also think is probably pretty important, um, just to make sure everyone's expectations are set realistically.
1: And you know, Um, there are ways to do this. And I know one of the the main things that publishers are kind of complaining about is if they publicize the odds, if they publicize how many microtransactions there are in the game, people won't want to play them because it kind of exposes... Not the fraud, but it just exposes how difficult it is to get everything that you want in the game.
0: Well, and it's less fun when it's just a math problem. Right. Uh, I I, I, I totally agree with that, but I'm saying that there might be a middle ground somewhere that like...
1: There are ways to do it well, and stuff like Fortnite's Battle Pass, where you have the opportunity, like you subscribe in once, and you have the opportunity to win enough points through using that Battle Pass to then kind of have a continual loop where you can earn the next one for free. And I think Rocket League does something similar. I was
2: just gonna mention Rocket League.
0: I knew you guys were gonna bring up Rocket League is like the loot boxy thing that like I know you guys are super into.
1: Rocket League is like my crack cocaine. For the longest time I was sinking money into keys to open the, the crates that I would get from playing. But then I realized that you can just trade with people and get exactly what you want and not spend money to get like a crappy pair of wheels. So
2: and that was brought to you by the Reddit community
1: Thank so what you're Reddit.
0: saying is is for a time, the parental controls in your house were were not functioning
1: no, it was just i mean I didn't go overboard, but I probably sunk another like fifteen or twenty dollars into keys and keep in mind, this is a game that we got for like ten bucks, so Right, But I also I didn't feel as bad buying them because the game was so cheap and I've probably easily sunk 200 hours into it So like throwing the developers some more of my money. I didn't feel too
2: bad about now It's a $60 game because we bought it before it was cool.
1: It's true
0: Damn you got in on the ground floor on that one um, So yeah, th- so this is the first this is not the first time that loot box legislation has made its way to like the Senate floor. apparently um, a bunch of attempts at it have been have been done last year in Hawaii. Um, I don't think they've gotten anywhere. It is also worth noting. So what what you said before about certain European countries, the UK, Sweden, Australia, and Ireland being among them, um, have basically determined that loot boxes don't constitute gambling. Um, they haven't really levied much legislation against them. They have basically said these are fine. Other countries, such as Belgium and the Netherlands, um, have actually past certain laws, um, taking legal action and basically force publishers to make modifications like the ones we've mentioned, or just remove loot boxes outright. Um, there's there's gray area, I would say, but it seems like it's swinging in the way of of the publishers and the developers. And at the end of the day, this legislation will be squashed by, by lobbyists.
2: I still miss the day, happening. the old days of Halo where you had to like do the hard grind to get all the cool armor. There was never pay to play or any of that.
0: I totally agree. Um, I think that's not the only thing that I miss about, about the gaming. Like the state of gaming now compared to the state of gaming when we were kids like the late nineties, early two thousands, there was something back then that they just, they had it and there was like this magic about it that I don't think is just a result of the fact that I was 12 then and I'm 25 now. You know, I'm actually 26 now also for those fact checkers out there.
1: I mean, um, the, I, I have a, I think we should do an episode, a whole episode about like the magic of gaming at some point. Cause I have a lot to say on that subject, but I do think like overall, we're not the only ones who have that sentiment where people don't really inherently like the pay to win type thing. And i think just over time there's been so much backlash over the last few years when games come out and just they're riddled with microtransactions i feel like eventually they might go away i think it's a fad but now like the wool has been pulled from everyone's eyes and everyone can see it for what it is and i just i don't see it lasting that long anyway so
0: i don't know i mean i mean no one likes it but they're still doing it like like Fortnite. Is one example you already mentioned, and isn't that like one of the isn't it making like stupid amounts of money? Mm-hmm. And I know, I know you say they're doing things differently, which is which is great. Like, I hate to throw EA under the bus, but like, when again, when Battlefront 2 came out, people were like, This is bull crap, and like, I think that game did suffer a decent amount, although I guess I don't really know. Um, so like, I do agree that visibility has been higher than ever in terms of like what the problems are with that, but. I think it might be a little while before it goes away. Um, I don't think any legislation is going to stop it, I will say that much. I think it's going to be something that's ruled in the court of public opinion. Um, very true. But we will see. Um, let's cut in to a brief little interlude here um, and tell you guys about a different podcast. Um, so Well, it's
1: not a podcast, We're- it's an app, very important
0: right it's an app uh egg on my face okay so first of all thank you guys for listening to the podcast to our podcast online warriors podcast um we don't know what platform you are listening on but we want to call your attention to this new app (laughs) called podcoin um obviously i wanted to call it a podcast because it's called podcoin um but what podcoin is you can get it on iphone or android but it actually pays you to listen to podcasts so as you listen to podcasts, you earn PodCoin, which can then be redeemed for gift cards or donated to charity. Um, and uh, if it sounds like something you might be interested in, download the app. Um, I, and do you guys use this?
1: I have I mean- used it. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts at work, so I can get like a, a good solid, I don't know, like five to eight hours a day of podcast listening in. And so this gives me a, a way to kind of like earn some PodCoin. I haven't gotten any gift cards yet, but... Figured, why not?
0: Yeah, so I should be using this. Uh, I want to make that perfectly clear because I listen to podcasts all the time. Um, if you want to sign up for PodCoin, you can use the invite code OnlineWarriors, uh, all one word. I don't know if capitalization is important, but just capitalize the O and the W if it is. And uh, you get a bonus 300 PodCoin just for signing up. So go give it a try. PodCoin. Um
1: I wonder so if was... Stan Lee ever used PodCoin.
0: Mm, great segue. Stan Lee, I, I got to tell you, I'm not sure he ever used PodCoin.
1: <laughs> probably not. RIP Stan Lee, we love you.
0: I see what you were trying to do there, but I'm, I'm not sure if Stan... I mean, Stanley Lee probably knew what a podcast was. I shouldn't say that, but am not sure if he knew what PodCoin was. So Stan Lee is back in the news. Um, obviously, he recently passed away. Unfortunately, like you said, RIP Stan Lee. Um, and he's back in the news again for reasons that i consider considered to be unfortunate um today the day we are recording this that is um his former manager was charged with elder abuse um, so let's just talk about this very briefly um essentially uh i i don't know how to pronounce this guy's name unfortunately his first name is kia kaya morgan um, he was charged uh actually on friday with five counts of elder abuse including false imprisonment fraud forgery Um, stemming largely from an incident last summer when Lee was 95. Um, So there's a warrant out for this guy's arrest. I assume that he has been since arrested. I don't think he's like on the lam or anything. Um, So this guy was a memorabilia collector from from New York who became involved with Lee in 2017. And um, he was served last year with a restraining order. So that was where most of the problems, I think, started.
1: Well, I had read somewhere that at one point he had not locked down Stanley's house, but had Stan Lee in Stanley's house, stayed there and then actually hired guards, and I don't know how true this is, hired guards to keep Stanley's family and friends away from the house and just kind of like kept him isolated.
0: Yeah, it's so this, super this- is weird. This is from writers, so I think this is like, this is like pretty documented truth at this point. So he did hire security guards and they were, they had orders to keep away relatives and other associates. And then- he moved Stanley to a condo which like if you're Stanley you should not be living in a condo first of all so
2: i have a conspiracy theory that the the information we have now seems to counter but i'm going to go ahead and say it because i'm crazy i've been like waiting that.
0: for this all day tactic has been teasing this conspiracy theory for quite a while now so i'm i'm looking forward to this go on
2: so you know how when when people have family they're always like oh we're the closest thing but But sometimes, not only, they're always just interested in their investments, so to speak. What if this manager was actually portrayed to be this way, and he was actually his close friend trying to protect him from his family?
0: That's my theory. Say that one more time. I, I don't understand
1: I guess he's basically saying that instead of being the bad guy, this person was actually the good guy trying to protect Stan Lee from other people taking advantage of him. Uh,
0: I'm extremely skeptical about that.
1: Yeah, I, it, it's an interesting conspiracy theory and I like the way your mind works, but I, I feel like Stan Lee has so many different people who know his situation where if this guy really wasn't a good guy, like they would know.
0: I mean, in fairness to you, like I think the reason that I, I think it's so skeptical, or I'm so, the reason that I'm so skeptical about it is that Stanley just seems like a very nice man. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that was like, that also, well, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I hope that it's not the case, but I, it's certainly possible that parts of that public opinion were like cultivated or even fabricated. It just
2: seems strange to me that he was able to lock him in his own home and have security there without anyone stopping him. The the weird part to
1: me, like, I don't, and I mean, they didn't really divulge a lot of Stan Lee's personal life and his health towards the end, and I I wonder, like, was Stan Lee totally mentally there? Because when all the Marvel movies were coming out, he seemed totally, like, lucid and with it, and he was super involved in the movie-making process, but to let someone, like, basically lock you out of your own home, I wonder if maybe towards the end, he just wasn't totally there. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're 95, which he was at the time, like, first of all, things can change in an instant um, in terms of like your mental health. I, like, I have seen it happen to people at far younger ages. In fact, um, we also don't know how silver-tongued this guy was. Um, like you said, I mean, Stanley seemed in all his cameos and all of his involvement in the MCU seemed super lucid throughout. So, like, I would assume this guy would have had to sweet talk him pretty good. That the sad truth is we may never know what actually happened it's just good that uh, they got this guy
1: the crazy thing is that we never heard about this like I would say in the last 10 years Stanley has been more in the public eye than ever before even at the height of probably like the comic golden age I feel like the MCU becoming as big as it did really put him in the spotlight, and it's just crazy to me that this was able to happen and nobody realized what was going on.
2: And that doesn't make you guys skeptical about these allegations? Uh, no. I don't know
0: what you want me to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right now. I'm buying it. Let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, For, I mean, hey, you never know. Maybe like ten years down the road, we'll be watching a documentary on Netflix about how this is all a big farce. Could very well be. Um, speaking of big farces, no, no, none of this is going to be farcical. Um, let's talk about what we've been up to. Let's do our transition into from news into personal news, and uh, let's let's take it over to my man Tactic One. Get us going.
2: All right, I am really excited because my recent what you were doing Wednesday. Is we got to see Detective Pikachu now illegal? I believe you haven't seen that yet. Is that correct? I have
0: not seen it. Especially, is there like spoiler. Should I like take? I
2: will. I will refrain from major spoilers. I promise. I can
0: take my headphones off. I mean, it's not a problem.
2: But the premise is there's a Pikachu. He's a detective, okay, and he spoilers. works with a missing man's son,
1: Justice I, Smith. I really enjoyed the movie. Um. Going in, I guess from the trailer, I thought it would be a little bit more of an adult-oriented audience and it ended up being a little bit more kid-friendly than I anticipated. But overall, it was a super fun movie and I really had a good time with it. It really brought back a lot of the nostalgia from being a little kid and getting the pack of Pokemon cards really sent me into a weekend-long spiral that I'll talk about after Tactic is done discussing
0: the movie. So, so they gave you Pokemon cards like to just on your way into the theater? Yeah, it
2: was great. They gave was you that exclusive p- Detective Pikachu Pokemon cards, not your run-of-the-mill.
0: Now, was that a premiere-only like premiere thing? I, did you guys go to the premiere, or did you go...
1: I think I think it was um, however a long supplies page. would last. Um, okay. We didn't go to the premiere. We did go on the first day that it opened, so we did go on Friday. Um, but this was kind of a callback when Pokemon the first movie came out way back in the day, like 20 years ago now. Um, they did give out exclusive promotional pokemon cards and i still have mine from when i was a kid and i saw the movie
2: and here's here's the best part about redoing that and bringing that back and this isn't a spoiler because if you've seen the trailer you you can all know that mewtwo is in the movie um when mewtwo appeared in the movie they even said mewtwo hasn't been around for the last i believe it was 17 years or 18 years Whatever it was, if you do the math, that was 1999 when the movie came out. Yeah, it was 20 years. And so. it, it,
1: it's just a really, it was a cool callback. And I feel like it also opened the doors for the potential to have a live-action trainer movie, like with Ash and Misty and Brock, because it kind of tied the world of Detective Pikachu in with the, the cancer region and everything that happened in the anime series and movie. And I'm just super excited.
2: The best part was we were, I believe, the only people in the theater without children.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a very kid oriented movie, and but the, the thing is, it was super exciting for me. So as someone who lived and breathed Pokemon growing up, and like I still play the video games, and I'm still super excited about Pokemon twenty years later, it's super cool to me to see all of these little kids who know all of the original Pokemon names, because there were a lot of like OG original 150 Pokemon in this movie and they knew all of those Pokemon and it was just kind of cool to be like I used to be you and 20 years down the road like kids are still enamored by Pokemon
2: There was a kid there was a kid right next to me that made the claim that he knows all the Pokemon and I, pff, I Laughed to myself. I said child, you know nothing
0: How old was he or she? Uh, he,
2: probably I mean, around nine
0: Right. Yeah, he might. He might know, man. That's, I mean, that's, that's a good amount of experience. I don't know. If, it, if, if he was like six, I'd have been like, no way. But I mean,
2: the, I, this movie sorry. kicked off something even bigger than watching the movie. I'm going to shoot it over to Nerd Bomber to enthrall you all with it.
1: Well, so I, like I said, I love Pokemon and getting the Pokemon cards, kind of like sent me down this spiral, where then I went to my parents' house, because it was Mother's Day over the weekend, and I dug out all of my old Pokemon cards, and it was super fun, and I looked through them all, but then I also, we went to the store right after the movie, and we bought two decks of Pokemon cards, and then we stayed up until like three in the morning, playing Pokemon, just like battling each other, and actually I got a really good deck, Um, it's called the Battle Minds deck, and it's it's such a good deck, and the cool thing about Pokemon cards these days is that they have a online game so Pokemon trading card game online and you can actually with every pack of cards you get you get a code to get a free booster pack in the game and then with every deck you buy you can actually input that code and play with that deck in the game and it is just absurd the amount of strategy and planning that goes into the Pokemon game and I know the Pokemon trading card game was originally designed by the same people who make Magic the Gathering, and it was kind of like an introduction for kids who liked Pokemon to get into trading card games, but man, the strategies have since evolved since when we were kids, and there's just so much going on, and it's exciting, it really got me passionate about Pokemon cards, just because I I mean, I like board games, I like deck building games, as it is, and it was just really neat to get back into something that was nostalgic, but also like mentally stimulating. You can play with other people online.
2: And if you want to play on the couch and you don't want to sit at your computer, yes, they've been discontinued. But if you can find one, a Steam link is a useful tool to connect your to stream your computer onto your television and play on the TV. That's what we've been doing.
0: So it's Wiz- Wizards of the Coast, right? That's who makes Pokemon cards yep. and Magic cards. Yeah. So... I know people who, I don't know many people who play Pokemon anymore. My little sister still collects the cards, um, but I know people who play Magic, and like it's a big deal. Like it's it's still a big deal, and like like you said, like the strategy of it and like the mental stimulation, in the, in conjunction with the collect collectorness of it, like it's just it's a huge industry. Um, I never was into Pokemon. Like my older brother tried to get me into both the trading card game and, like, the video games because he wanted someone to, like, share that experience with and, like, play against, probably. I just... It was just never me. Um, So, like, I don't have immediate plans to see each Pikachu, but I am surprised that you guys... Just to hear you guys say that you were the only ones in the theater that were, like, our age because...
1: We we did go kind of early. So we went to, like, a 6.30 showing, and I think that was probably the reason (laughs) why we were uh, some of the only adults in the theater because... I think it was just like a good time on the the opening day of the show to take your kids after school um but yeah i mean the movie like i said it was very kid oriented but it was still a lot of fun and i still appreciated it as an adult in terms of a detective movie i will say and i don't i'm not going to give any spoilers away but I had made a theory as soon as I saw the trailer. I had turned to Tectic and told him my theory about what was going to go down and what the major twist of the movie was. And I was 100% on the nose. So it was like, it was predictable. But it was just so much fun. It was super cool to see the Pokemon right next to like real life. The CGI was really well done. None of the Pokemon were like super creepy. Like there was no weird Sonic Uncanny Valley stuff going on.
2: They could have made Charizard a little less scary.
1: Yeah, but I think the whole point, um, and this was in the trailer, so it's not too much of a spoiler. But the whole point of the movie is that they're in this new city where Pokemon and people are supposed to live together. So there's no battling. That is our dog shaking. But there's no battling. um, There's no Pokeballs. Pokemon are just like out and about. And so there's like an underground battle ring. And so I think the Charizard that was in this underground ring was supposed to be kind of scarier compared to, like, normal, everyday the Charizard, Charizard. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like, mean, I, like, I, yeah, I've so the reviews on it have been, like, decent. Like, not amazing, not bad, just, like, and they've pretty much echoed what you said, which is that it's so much fun for fans of the franchise, but, like, it's pretty thinly plotted. I mean... If you uh, who are I don't know what studio made this movie but like you have to be licking your lips at this point. I mean you can I assume the movie is doing fairly well. It made 55 million on its opening weekend. Like it will for sure be profitable and there's just this humongous universe and this humongous amount of creatures Pokémon I should say that like you can just start printing money at this point and make more of these movies that I don't know if you want to go with an anthology kind of approach or like start to actually build a continuing story. I don't, I don't know if the movie left it in a place where that question is answered either, but I well, mean,
2: I can tell you this, they're going to need an Ash Ketchum and, uh, studios. If you're looking, I'm your guy.
0: You're available. You have a hat, don't you?
2: I do have a hat.
0: Yeah. He's got a hat studios. So look him up. A- ASAP. Um, I have not been watching Detective Pokemon or any Pokemon related stuff. Detective Pokemon, Detective Pikachu. Um, Instead, I've been watching a couple of shows. I can't remember last week if I mentioned that I'm watching Sherlock, the like old Sherlock, like, well, the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. So like-
1: I don't think you did.
0: Hasn't been on for quite some time. I often don't go in for, for British television because God bless America. No, there's no real reason. I just haven't ever really gotten into it. Um, But I'm really enjoying it. I'm into series. They don't call them seasons in in the UK. They call them series. I'm in series three right now. But the way the show is, it's very interesting, is each series, which is like a season, is like three episodes long. But each episode is like an hour and a half. So it's like you're watching a movie every time, which... I think it's pretty nice except for the fact that you have to carve out a lot of time to watch it yeah
1: how do you find time to do that
0: i usually i have a routine going right now which is every sunday night uh my girlfriend says don't talk to me don't bother me i'm watching game of thrones and i'm like fine i'll go in the other room and watch sherlock and so far it's going pretty well because i've heard that game of thrones is causing people to tear their hair out we shouldn't get into that we don't have time but um i've been watching sherlock and then just before we recorded this, I was watching Chernobyl, which is a new miniseries on HBO about you guessed it, Chernobyl.
1: So, is it a fictional? I've seen a lot about it, but like, is it fiction? Is it like a, a historical documentary type thing? Like, what so is it about?
0: I don't. Uh, I want to be able to answer that question better than I could right now. So, like, it's one of those shows where while you're watching it, so I think it's definitely fictionalized. I mean, it's certainly not a documentary. I'll tell you that, but. I As I'm watching it, I'm, there's certain things that they do where I'm like, all right, they couldn't have made this up. This definitely happened, but like, how, where's where's that blend happening? Where like between fictional and non-fictional? And I don't know it because the first thing I want to do when I watch a show like that is go on Wikipedia and like read up on all that, but I haven't had the time quite yet. Um, what I will tell you is that it paints the former Soviet Union in a very bad light. Basically, this nuclear explosion happened. And everyone in the Soviet Union was like, nah, it didn't happen. And then, like, three scientists were like, but it actually happened. And they were like, no, it didn't. You're making it up. So that's, like, kind of the – that has been the the plot, like, the storyline in the first few episodes. But it's also, like, the other main thing I have to report about it is that it is not uh, cheery. It's not an upper.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask, what's the kind of the, the mood?
0: So um, I mean – You see people die quite a bit because I mean, you know, like the, the, the way the series starts is like, well, actually the way it starts is someone commits suicide, like two years after Chernobyl, because assuming because of like guilt of like doing something or other. But then after that, like first five minutes, it goes back and boom, that's when it happens and the explosion happens. And then people are like stumbling out of the reactor, like with their skin melting off and like... It's not, uh, put the kids to bed before watching this show. So
2: this is on Disney Plus, you said?
0: It's on Disney (laughs) Plus. The other interesting thing about it, which I don't necessarily fault them for doing this, it just kind of takes you out of the action, is like they're in Pripyat or whatever, wherever the reactor was, Kiev, I can't remember where it was. But uh, everyone speaks English. And furthermore, there's like a lot of like British actors in it. So like a lot of people are like speaking English with like British accents.
1: I feel like they should have had at least like Russian accents at the very least. I understand the the artistic direction to go with English because it, I'm assuming they probably want to have a lot of visual content to really make the show impactful as they go on just because I know like there's a lot of creepy pictures out there of Chernobyl and I'm sure they can do a lot visually with it. So to have people reading subtitles would probably take away from that. But I feel like you have to at least make it, like, somewhat authentic and have the Russian accent.
0: Well, and the thing about yeah. it is, like, it, it's it's kind of jarring because, like, people read stuff that's in the Cyrillic alphabet. And then, like, I mean, the characters, like, one character is like, hey, you silly, go check on the reactor in the Petrov station. And then everyone's like, oh, blah, 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 Vladimir Spet." Sputnik and they're just like saying a bunch of like Russian names in British accents and you're like, what a, what's going on here? What am I watching? <laughs> so that makes the whole experience more interesting. But I will say I'm two episodes in and I plan on continuing watching, which is like, that's the bar with shows like these. Um, it's a mini series, so I don't expect it to be too long. Things How many
1: episodes coming. do you know? I, I don't know.
0: Let me check. Um, I'm actually wondering that myself.
1: I know, they've been doing a lot of advertising for it, and I I have seen some really good little reviews about it. I haven't Uh, seen too much about it in depth.
0: Five, it will contain five episodes. I've already watched two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, The critical response has been quite good. Uh, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Metacritic is an 83, indicating quote-unquote, universal. So, yeah, I'll probably keep watching it. Uh, that one guy is in it, the guy, oh gosh, bad guy from Sherlock Holmes, not the show, the movie. The one Robert with Death Tony King. Stark? Yes. He's in it. And then also good guy from Iron Man. No, good guy from Avengers, the physicist guy, the Swedish guy who's a physicist. It's funny oh. that we're we're using Marvel as points of reference for, like, all of these people. Um,
1: I mean, that's kind of where we are in today's society.
0: Yeah. Screw you, Disney. I take it back. I love Disney. Um, but yeah, I'm watching that, and other than that, not a whole lot else to report. Uh, except, oh man, I almost forgot, um, there has been a shift in the rankings this week over at the Fantasy Movie League. Let's take a look, shall we? Um, spoiler alert.
1: First place has not changed.
0: First place has not changed. Wait, what are you saying? What are you saying? I am saying, wait, what? I didn't pass you? They keep freaking revising the thing. It it told me yesterday that I have passed you, and I was very excited to mention it. Forever second place. It now appears that I have an actuality not passed tactic one, and I'm still in last place.
1: I mean I it, would, it would be very difficult in my mind for you to pass him simply because you forgot that one week.
2: Well, what's the difference though? It's actually quite close. It's staggering. It's super close. close.
1: I mean, that just goes to show tactical. Like, you need to step up your game. You're not so, doing a great job.
2: So, we're both at like $74 million, right?
0: No, I'm trying to get to the overall rankings right now and I'm having a hard time getting there actually. Overall. Okay. Uh, I you're 2 million ahead of me.
2: Two million out of how many?
0: 725 is yours, and I have 723.
2: Two out of 725 million.
0: Yeah, that, it's a drop in the bucket here.
1: That could easily swing Illegal's way. That's
2: less than 1%.
1: Yep. That's like one solid movie performance.
0: I want to make it clear again. I'm just, I'm super annoyed that it told me I had passed you. And I was like, hell yes. And then it undid it. Cause it, it, I definitely did not come in last last week when I looked but now it says I'm in last by like $400,000. They're so, just
1: they're toying with your emotions.
0: I mean, the main thing I want to say is I'm coming for you, man. It's only a matter of time. It's alright. I hear your Good,
2: footsteps babe. but I just keep a-walking.
0: Uh, you better start running. Um, so yeah, that's our update on the Fantasy Movie League. I'm still just Crushed and disappointed that no one else has joined, but uh, what else is new um, before we close, I think we have do we have time? How much time do we have?
1: we still have some time
0: we have time okay um, we want we want to I want to bring back the, game. the and game by the game the game I mean the game where one of us asked two of us questions in a in a display of intellectual dominance
1: you know we did have a review on iTunes that expressed interest in having the game return so we listen to you here is the game
0: so the game this week what we're going to do is um first of all it's not going to be a game about about biscuits i i I know i mentioned before that it is national buttermilk biscuit day um but that was just something that i was doing i was looking up what was special about today to try and come up with ideas for what i could quiz you guys on um the other more quizzable thing I i noticed was that uh, today is the birthday of a famous person, uh, one George Lucas, who Ooh. you may know from the, this little film series he did called uh, called the Star Wars. Um, the Star Wars. Yeah, so it got me thinking uh, who are the richest directors in Hollywood? Oh, and man. I have a list in front of me of the top 10 spoiler alert. George Lucas is number one. He will not be, you can't guess him. I'm telling you already, he's number one. He is the richest director in Hollywood. Um, aside from that, we're gonna play this uh, Hollywood, or not Hollywood, golf style, uh, which is, we'll go back and forth. I'll give you guys a few guesses each. And whoever has the lowest score at the end, that is whoever gets the people with uh, like the highest rank, um, will win the game. Uh, so as a point of reference, George Lucas is worth $5.2 billion, according to this very official-sounding website, which is the richest.com. just a website about the richest people, I guess. Um, from there, uh, I'll, we'll start. I'll give you guys each three guesses, and we'll go okay. from there. Who gets to uh, go first? I mean, I feel like chivalry is not dead, uh, so let's go, with, let's go with the nerd bomber to start.
1: Okay, I think I'm going to go with the, what seems to me the obvious answer here, Steven Spielberg.
0: So Steven Spielberg is number two.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, so good job. Uh, he is worth 3.6 billion. So that's a I, lo- will-
1: I mean, that's a lot of money, but I feel like that's less than I expected.
0: These numbers are all, are all gonna be high. So yeah, at this point I'm reading all these, I'm pretty much dull to any high number. Um, okay, so that's one point, sorry, two points for the Nerd Bomber.
2: Well that's pretty much what I was gonna guess and I don't know the name of my director so can I say what he directed?
0: Hmm, you know what, I'll allow it. I'm in a charitable mood.
2: Director of the Marvel franchise, specifically Avengers.
0: Um. Okay, if you're talking about the Avengers, you're talking about Joss Whedon. And he is not on the top 10.
2: Nice. Nailed it. Womp, womp,
1: womp.
0: I'm go just going to go ahead and give you 11. And we'll go from there. Nerd Bomber.
1: Okay. I'm going to go with. um I'm off
0: to a good start.
1: James Cameron because he did Titanic. And that was just recently sunk by the Avengers.
0: Okay. So James Cameron is number three. Tectic. Whew. Sun's getting a little low on your on your hopes here in the game but uh let's see if you can pull it pull it together and come up with with number four i think it's gettable i think you can do it
1: who do you think
0: i'm gonna go m knight
2: shamalama ding dong boy
0: it's another 11 for tactic (laughs) come on (laughs) nerd bomber clearly has a grip on the game tactic Never had it. Uh, but let's keep going, Nerd Bomber. Let's let's see. What, let's see if you can just clean sweep all ten and leave tactic totally in the dust.
1: Okay, I think I'm gonna go with Quentin Tarantino. I feel like he's done a lot of big movies that have been financially successful. He's a big name. That's okay.
0: So Nerd Bomber has her first eleven. Ooh. Also not on the list. And again, this is according to theriches.com. Uh, I don't really know. And remember, also, this is not highest-grossing directors. This is just the directors with the highest Right.
1: Network. Are these people all still like alive right now? Or?
0: Uh, looking at the list, there is only one who I'm not sure about. And Let me look right now. Yes, they are all still alive. Okay. So let's go back to, to Tactic and see if he can... I'm going to go oh, we'll with Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is on the list, but I believe he is number 10. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, let, me, let me double check.
1: Hey, that's one more than 11.
0: Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes, he is number 10. So good job. You got someone that's on the list, but you got literally the highest number you can get on the list. But I'm going to give you guys each a couple more guesses because, look, these are some very, very gettable people. Okay. Especially number four. I'm surprised you haven't got number four yet.
1: So this one, I'm not 100% confident in this answer, but I think I'm going to go with Tim Burton because he's done an absurd amount of movies. His name is plastered all over everything. I'm sure he has to have some like licensing deals still in effect, right?
0: Okay, so that's another 11. Really? He's yep.
1: done so many movies. Are they not paying him?
0: You guys are going to be so angry when... I tell you what number four is, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys each five guesses. So Nerd Bomber, you'll get one more guess. Tactic, you have two more guesses.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with Martin Scorsese. Did <gasps> we say that
0: yet? It's another one. No, you what didn't say heck? it. I'm on there. Uh, and now each of your final guesses. So at this point, Nerd Bomber definitely won. But let's just let's have some. Are you fun.
2: sure? You need to rerun those numbers.
0: I the, look, man. The numbers have been crunched, and it's over for you. This but, is. Uh,
1: huh how about i'm kind of stalling for time right now you know i know this isn't on the list but i know you really like him for his work on spider-man so i'm gonna go with sam Raimi. rami however you say his name
0: he's not on the list but I, i appreciate the the consideration there's another 11 and uh Okay, Let's let's come on, let's end on a high note. You can do this.
2: Alright, I'm gonna really, really screw this up, I could tell. Clint Eastwood.
0: You, that's actually a pretty good guess. Uh but he is not
1: on here either. Okay, he, like, are you serious? He's a director and an actor. He's like ancient and he's still making movies. Where is all of his money then?
0: Uh probably like drugs or something. I don't know. I mean you can't ask me that. Uh let me let me read off this this top 10. The remains of this top 10. Number four, Peter Jackson. I mean, that's, that's extremely gettable. You should have. What did he direct? The War of the Rings and The Hobbit.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good one.
0: Um, Number five, Michael Bay. Michael Bay Splosions.
1: I didn't even think about that. Like, okay, when I think of good movie directors and this is not a knock on this genre of movie, but I don't think of the Splosion Master I think of, like, people who are known for more artistic direction. Not that well, there's no artistic direction in CGI explosions, but I feel like that's a little bit easier to do than direct, like, a really compelling saga-like so Star
0: Wars. I have up in another tab, and, grant, and I will grant you, this is as of 21st August 2018, but I have up in, the, in another tab who the highest-grossing directors are worldwide, and Michael Bay is number five, so... Hmm. Um, that is not an unheard of thing. Uh, Tactic to your point, uh, you've mentioned before the Avengers director, and I quote, um, Joss Whedon is not on here, but Joe Russo and Anthony Russo are. They're number three for highest grossing directors, but they're not on the list for most money ad.
1: Well, I mean, I think for Endgame alone, they'd probably vault up to the top of um, any, like, highest grossing list. That highest- shattered records.
0: Right. So, highest grossing by far is Steven Spielberg, actually. Um, It is not George Lucas. Uh, I think because George Lucas didn't direct any of the... He didn't direct many of the um, prequels or the ones that are happening now. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, so to finish off the list of um, the actual richest, number six is Tyler Perry. Oh, Uh, yeah. Has made quite a few movies. Uh, Then you have Francis Ford Coppola um, as number seven. He was the director of The Godfather and I think Apocalypse Now as well. I can't remember. Um, No, Apocalypse Now might have been Martin Scorsese. Anyways, Francis Ford Coppola is the one who had to check if he was dead or not. He is not. He's still alive. Um, Number eight is actually the Wachowski sisters uh, who did The Matrix. Oh, man.
1: I forgot about that movie.
0: Number nine is Ridley Scott who did the Martian and Prometheus and all the alien movies among other things, I'm sure. And then number 10, you got, which is Christopher Nolan, um, cross-referencing that with the worldwide highest grossing directors. Um, I will say you mentioned Tim Burton and he was on the highest grossing. He was number nine on the highest grossing.
1: That makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, think about how many Tim Burton movies there have been
2: so many. Yeah, I would have totally won the highest grossing list.
0: Um, you know, I'm not really sure about that. I mean, who, who was the other person that you mentioned who I don't think was on any list? I can't, I'm trying to remember back to what your guesses were and I-, I Oh, know, I pretty Eastwood, much blacked out. Clint Eastwood is the 10th highest grossing director if you only consider domestic box office, that is North America. Uh, but worldwide, he falls off the top 10 list because um, there are other people apparently ahead of him. Um, one of the directors of the Harry Potters, uh, uh, Robert Zemeckis, who directed Forrest Gump and a bunch of other movies, so yeah. Uh, in short, Nerd Bomber has won the Return of the Game by a healthy margin. Whoop, whoop. So, um, if we are to continue the system as it has been going,
2: I will be the game Nerd master. Bomber
0: will be next week's game master, and you're not going to want to miss it because Technic Tech and I tend to have some very uh, back and forth showdowns. So, um. With that in mind, tune in next week. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Yeah. Uh, we'll take anybody at this point.
1: Tell them to go on iTunes, leave us a nice little review. We appreciate it. We clearly listen to our reviewers. We brought back the game and leave us some nice comments. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually tweeting.
1: He is. That's, how,
0: that's how on Twitter I am. Is like I don't usually tweet on my like, personal account, but on my, on my Illegal86 account, I'm out there, baby. You would not believe it. Uh, I got retweeted by one of my favorite YouTubers this week. Shout out to Michael Tucker and the cast of Lessons from the Screenplay and the fantastic podcast Beyond the Screenplay. Um, pretty soon that's going to be us. So get it on the ground floor. That's my recommendation to you. And uh, have a great week.
1: Yeah, we'll see you next week.
0: See ya.